On tonight's Hillbilly Nerd Talk, welcome to the furry convention, Hillbilly Elegy, a Hillbilly Wedding, Netflix, and a Simple Phone. Welcome to Hillbilly Dirt Talk. I am Hank. Dirt, dirt Talk? Yeah, it kind of was kind of screwy. Hillbilly Nerd Talk, not <laughs> Hillbilly Dirt Talk. <laughs> dirt nap. It sounded like I had dirt in my mouth when I tried to say Hillbilly Nerd Talk. Welcome to Hillbilly Nerd Talk. You're Hank and I'm Petra. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for bailing us out, Miss Petra. You've got your cat lumbar roll. I do. You have your cat daddy shirt on. We're just all about the cats. We're all about the cats tonight. We're all about Chairman Meow tonight. Yes. She's purring happily in the chair. Uh, our kitty's back to her usual self. Yeah. She's on life number whatever. At least seven. Just keep rolling right along. <laughs> Good for her. She doesn't even have diabetes anymore. Our cat had the cure for diabetes somehow. Well, she's in remission with <laughs> with the prescription cat food. <laughs> whatever. We don't have to give her a shot every day. That's awesome. So, whatever. Imagine that. Dieting can uh, affect whether you're obese and have diabetes or not. You know not. what, though? Who I want somebody thought? to feed me at select times a day and select foods and only that and no more. And and then I would be in perfect health, too. Well, they do that. It's called uh, prison <laughs> or possibly the military. So you got a couple options uh, yes, there for that type options. stuff. And then you could get your uh, your your feeding Regular scheduled feeding times. Exactly. You, know. you found something on video we're going to try. We usually, yep. I'm usually the one doing the video stuff, so yep. this will be kind yep. of fun. I found this one. And Give me a little background on this. All right, Who's this, this one, dude? All right, this is Joe Aprio. That was the, I think he was the Arizona sheriff that used to dye their underwear pink. Yeah, just, contra- just, right, a controversial he was, figure. He was very controversial, and he's trying to stay relevant. That seems odd. Like all, like when you mentioned that last night, like he doesn't seem like the kind of dude that would give a rat's ass whether he's relevant or not. So already well, it's kind of weird. He, he, well, he's doing these videos on Cameo that you can buy for like $32. You can get a, a video of him <laughs> wishing your family members a happy birthday or something like that. Yeah, that's usually what these, Again, you know, B and C and D so level weird. celebrities doing. But listen to this because this is great because he just got punked by furries. He got punked. Upcoming furry convention. Good luck uh, organizing the Arizona Furry Convention, <laughs> uh, which is for animal lovers. <laughs> I appreciate sure Kelly Townsend as being a supporter. I've always loved animals, <laughs> fought those that abuse animals, and will continue to do points? so. Oh, yeah, you can do that. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it's a great. fury convention. <laughs> For people who love animals. I really love animals. <laughs> <laughs> I think it gets better. It gets deeper. Uh, let's hear a little more. In any event, uh, have a great convention. And um, as far as what animal I would like to be, I'm kind of uh, partial to uh, dogs. But I love all animals. Thanks. Oh, it's wonderful. Well, Isn't that great? 
So, so, you can, so you can pay him and he will do that little spot yeah. for you? Yeah, he'll do a little spot for you. Wish you happy birthday. God bless. We need to do, we need to, like that. we need to get some celebrities to do that for Hillbilly Nerd Talk. We do. We do. If they'll would, do that for a furry convention, what would they do for yeah, us? I would totally pay some <laughs> BD level celebrity 35 bucks or a hundred to do a little absolutely i'm yeah. a big fan of hillbilly nerd talk even though i've never listened never to this damn show no idea. <laughs> Hill, hillbilly dirt talk <laughs> exactly that's what they would that's pretty good well everybody gets punked once in a while or pranked yeah, yeah. that's harmless and that's, uh that is very funny it's, it is it's just it's a good giggle and I i'll say this it's kind that. of for somebody who's a well, who was and got voted out like a sheriff? Yeah, to not know what what a furry convention is. Like, come on, are you that out of touch with? Yeah, and I don't know. There's people out there that don't know. I don't. I guess I, you know. Obviously. It's been on an episode of CSI, though. Like to me, once it's been on an episode of CSI, it should be cultural knowledge. Like, most of us should be familiar with this now. Maybe he's just really boring in bed. He doesn't pay attention to anything. Well, I would I would guess yes on that one, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get Mr. guess Mr. Aprio is not exactly the most adventurous in the bedroom. The kinkmeister, he's not. I'm going to... I'm going to guess not Since he that. doesn't know what furries are. No. At all. Like, really bad. <laughs> His favorite's a dog, though. That's good. Yeah. That's solid. There's probably lots of dog costumes at the furry convention, I imagine. I'm sure he could find a, a lovely costume at the convention. I would think so. We have been reading a book that, well, I heard, uh, I've been I've been hearing You've been about hearing it for about three a lot. years. Yeah. And, um, you know, apparently it was on like, this is, I'm sure, what started its rise to incredible heights is uh mm-hmm. it was featured on apparently oprah's book club that's where mm, it's got okay so that's you where, know that once it's on oprah's book club uh, i mean a lot of a lot of ladies in america read it it's <laughs> called put it that way it's called hillbilly elegy by jd vance and wow i i tell you that book struck a chord with me probably more than uh i don't know i mean that's one of the top 10 or 20 books i've ever read for really I don't know, just bringing all, everything together. Tell our listeners a little bit about what this book's about. Well, I'm about halfway through it right now, and it's it's kind of a nightmare visit through my childhood. And I've read the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of hung up on it because I'm in therapy right now, and it's... What's well, more than about your childhood? It What's, is. It's uh, about... But But it's... But that's why it's such a good book, at least for us hillbillies. And anybody, really. Because it hits so close to home. Yeah. It, it's a book from, I mean, there's no spoilers. This isn't like it's a, a plot twist at the end kind of a book. No. It's just a dude that grows up in eastern Kentucky, and his family ends up moving to somewhere else to get a job, but still sort of. Well, Middletown, hey, Ohio. Yeah, mid, yeah, moved to Middletown, Ohio. With a lot of other hillbillies, again, it just there's so many things. The hillbilly that it migration is what they called it. Yeah, the hillbilly, yeah, from a lot, tons of people from Appalachia back in the day moved and north into the Rust Belt. 
Right, that's what they call take, it now. Yeah, to take all of the plant jobs. Yeah, basically, and from our area, I'm sure, I mean, Appalachia is a big place, but in our area, there's all kinds of songs about it. It's just a, a mythical thing that our parents and their grandparents, they went, the route was US 23. Yeah. And and the saying was reading, writing, reading, writing and route 23. Yep. That's how you got ahead in life back in the day. You learn to read, write, and you headed up that road north until you found a job, and that's where you plopped yourself down. Yeah. Whether that was in Columbus or all the way to Detroit or anywhere in between, because US 23 runs all the mm-hmm. way to Canada. Mm-hmm. So this book just documents all the problems of our area. Which is what we try to do on our show. Yeah, yeah. We Good to, and bad. We try to laugh about it on our show. We try to pick on it and find some humor in it. Yes, and this book does some of that too. Yeah. But it's just an awesome all-in-one place. All of the problems, or a ton of the problems in our area and in the Rust Belt in general. So, yeah. it, so it applies to a lot of the countries. why I keep trying to... Like, it's not just hillbillies, even though the name of it's Hillbilly Elegy, even though a ton of it is. Yeah, but it applies to pretty much poor whites in, in America. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I'm trying to get comfortable because my cat's taking up over half of my chair. So <laughs> Right. So, well, what else do you think about it? What what, what uh, points have hit home? Mamma and Papaw? Yeah, definitely Mamaw and Papaw. If you didn't have grandparents, you were screwed growing up. And it's a book of how, you, of how he, and I won't spoil it for you, but how he and different people, how he gets out of this, of this, this impoverished, shitty home life with surrounded by drug addicts and alcoholics and abusive people and... Constantly moving all the time from house to house, place to place. It's just an awful childhood. Yeah, yeah. And he, and you don't realize it as you're going through it because everybody else in our area, that's the norm. That's yeah. the weird part about this book is that is the norm for this area, and it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of gut-wrenching, really, to, it is to read gut-wrenching. it and to realize... If you remotely got an education and got out, you were one of the lucky ones. Yes. You were one of the very, very lucky ones. And we, I mean, and we didn't, and that's the thing, there's different levels, of course, of how much, mm-hmm. you know, uh, alcoholism and abuse and drugs and all the things are in each individual family. But one thing about it, every family has them. Yeah. To one level or another. It may not be your parents, but for sure somebody in your family has these problems. Has yeah. all these problems. Your cousin, somebody was getting beat at night regularly by abusive parents that were just awful parents. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, it's just very interesting to see all this in one place. To see it written down and witnessed because in Appalachia, and it may be everywhere, but in Appalachia especially, what goes on in the home stays in the home. Like people yes. keep this cult of quiet. And like I said, at some point too, some of it is like that's weirdly normal. 
Yeah. Like even if you did talk about it with with your kid with your buddies in grade school, like, oh, so what? I got to be with a belt. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Got, Switch you hurts got, too. You got to be with a shoe. I got to be with a belt. So whatever. Just, yeah. All right. You want to play some more or not? <laughs> because yeah. it wouldn't be a big deal. Yeah. And and this book talks about the effects it has on you know your childhood and your future. Right. And. I am from reading this book. I've always been appreciative of my parents and how, because I, I didn't in my immediate household, there wasn't a lot of arguing and fighting. Nobody was an alcoholic. Nobody was a drug mm-hmm. addict. My parents pushed education so hard. Like it was just, I was an anomaly in this, yeah. in this yeah. whole area. And I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm one of the people that kind of, but again, all everybody around me. So I'm going to say like got out, like not got out of my family, but I got out of Eastern Kentucky, got an education, came back to Eastern Kentucky. So I'm a kind of weird that I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I got out, I came back in. Kind of yeah. the mafia. They suck you back in. They suck you back in. Well, I got out and came back in too. Uh, but my family, we, if we've discussed it on here, mine's a little bit more violent. <laughs> well, and you came back with me. Like yeah. You're not back with your problem family. Exactly. And, exactly. and I'm not either. I don't live where my, again, my family was okay. It wouldn't be in the yeah, world. If yeah, I did we both, close we, to we both left our immediate family area. Right. We went somewhere else in Eastern Kentucky. Yeah. But anyway. You've documented on this show for years and kind of used it as a therapy place, a yeah. sounding board, which, again, we both have to some extent about Eastern Kentucky in general and Appalachia in general. But you specifically I've surely, talked about, yeah, so much on this show that uh, so a probably lot of sounds this, crazy to people who aren't from our area. Well, so a lot of this book, does, does it relate to it your It validates childhood? a lot of that experience. It really does. Um, it it you want to talk about a little bit of the stuff in the book that one of the ones I, I loved, I thought it was great was, and, and I was jealous because this didn't happen to me. Like JD Vance, the, the author of this book, yeah. he was talking about when he had flipped his mom's bitch switch somehow. And she was pulling the van over to beat him to death. And he <laughs> runs away from her. Yes. And I mean, oh, runs yeah, into I a neighbor's house and they end up calling the police and his grandmother has to come and get him. Yeah. You know, and and I just went through a very similar situation, like talking talking through that with my, my therapist, with the EMDR therapy that I'm just doing. Yeah. Like there's so many things in this book that is so similar the things that happened in my Well, that's past. what I'm saying. See yeah. that incident where you ran away from your parents because they were Fuck yes. beating you? Yes. See, that's Run unbelievably away. sad. Yeah. Unbelievably sad. And you've seen, obviously, well, just child abuse and people, just a million things that we've talked yeah. about on this show. Yeah. But in, in our culture, it wasn't con- considered child abuse because there was always the kid down the road that had it worse. Like, you could always... Just look down the street, and there's somebody who's got it so much worse than you. You're like, oh, well, I better not do anything about this. I better not rock the boat too much. I better be grateful for what I've got. Or, again, it's like a culture. Like, everybody's like that. Yeah. So you just think, well, that's normal, I guess. Well, I mean, for me, I knew it wasn't normal, but I also knew that it could be so much worse. And it had been indoctrinated in me that foster care was just 
like a rape machine. They just put you in one and <laughs> use you. Well, I um, I, I couldn't reckon, I could not recommend any more to our listeners to to yeah. check this book out. For other, again, you don't have to be an Appalachian hillbilly to get something out of this because it struck a chord nationally, apparently. People around here were telling me, like, you've got to read this. This is absolutely exactly what it's like around here, all contained in one book. That's a pretty interesting story of this dude that got out. But it's just, um, where was I going with that? Anyway, for anybody, it's entertaining. It's an, yeah. And they're getting ready to make a movie out of it. They really have. It just hasn't been screened yet. Major movie. That's what I'm getting at. What, it. Ron Howard directed, I think? Yes, Ron Howard directed it. Meryl Streep is in it. Amy Adams. Like, this is a major Ooh, blockbuster I bet, I, I, movie. I bet you Amy Adams is the mom, the crazy mom. Like yes, I guarantee she's mom. Yeah. Uh, Meryl Streep is mamaw. Yeah. Which, by the way, that's what we call our grandparents around here. Yeah. Mamaw and papaw. Yep. Mamaw and papaw. Or, or that. Or mamaw and papaw. Yeah. Mine was mamaw and papaw. Mine was mamaw and papaw. Yeah. It's just a, a <laughs> syllable of, difference. Right. But you knew who you were talking about. But anyway, this book was popular enough to, to be a national bestseller and now a major movie. And so, I'm telling you. It's, 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 a, yes. it's it's what we've been telling you on this show forever that people are like, there's no way you're exaggerating. No, no, this is it's this in, is realistic as it gets. It is crazy town in this whole Appalachia area, <laughs> but there's it good is. about it. There's some good too. There's some good too. I'm not saying it's all bad, but somebody and and they're leeching onto it. Like mm-hmm. like whether they know it or not, like Hollywood finally somebody's leeching on. Like this is crazy. Like, where is this place? What the hell is going on here? This is like the only thing closer is like like Florida Man. Yeah. Like stories from Florida Man could be the only thing that could compare yep. to the goofiness yep. that goes on around here on a regular basis. And then we have things like right now we're having garden green beans and cornbread for dinner. That's right. I know. I yeah. made a peach cobbler this Yeah, this everybody, everybody lives up hollers and we have the best food and things like that ever. Yeah. People yeah. chip in. My my dad's like almost ninety. He's like eighty nine, or is he eighty eight? Anyway, right at ninety. Uh huh. And all of his neighbors, even his, he has the people that helps him grow a small little garden. So yeah. it's not like he's gardening a lot at ninety years old. But even that, that's little neighbor for a people, ninety year old. Yeah, little neighbor kids help him. He pays them a little bit, but all these neighbors come by. And drop off food to him on a porch. It looks like a farmer's market on his porch <laughs> of like boxes of apples off, because right now apples are coming on and peaches just went out. Uh, green beans are still going strong. Um, he's just got a whole porch full of all this stuff and he's like, I can't eat all, you know, he's trying to give it to me and give it away. But th- that's the good part of our area too. And then there's us and Chairman Meow. Yes. And that's how it all and works. I'm just going to give up on even sitting in that chair because my cat is a butthole. Mm-hmm. And she's purring. Mm-hmm. She's really cute. <laughs> well, so she rooted you out. Yes, she did. I tell you what, I've been excited about all this week. Oh, yeah. What's bright, breaking. I watched the next Dune um, theatrical trailer release. Dune theatrical Dune, trailer release. The. the the movie it? is coming out December 18th, and that is literally all I want for my birthday is to go see that movie. 
But, well, um, that, the latest trailer was amazing. They even showed the worm in it. Oh, they showed the worm. That'll get you out of the house. <laughs> That'll get me out of the house. I know you're all worried about. I'm going to like triple masks in that theater, but I'm going to go see this movie. That's what it's going to take. It's get, what it's going to take. Get, get chicken littles like you out to some big blockbuster well, movie. You know and, what? You dragged me to a. <laughs> Damn wedding last weekend, so we did go to a hillbilly <laughs> wedding. You are not allowed to pick on me for like my closed in, shut in spinsterness <laughs> lately. Well, we didn't have a super spreader event, so we it didn't. worked pretty well. It's a it's a well known fact that moonshine kills COVID. Just has to. And bourbon. Bourbon. Bourbon and moonshine. Yes. Mint juleps. Yes. Had our first mint julep. Yuck. I don't know how we have lived in Kentucky and didn't have a mint julep, at least trying it. But yeah. now I see why. It's not that great. It's not that great. It's a. It's the syrup they add that I'm like, what? Adding syrup? Like, why not just add Coke? That's basically syrup. Yeah, and Coke and it's Coke, bourbon bur- is Coke, bourbon, bit. and mint is what it is, basically. Well, well, I say Coke. I mean, they call it syrup. Syrup. But it looked just like Coke. It's not Coke, though. It's more concentrated. It's more concentrated. It's just sugar syrup. It kind of, uh, and, and, the, and the ice is kind of, at least in ours, was uh, crunchy. Yeah, like, like popcorn a, ice, or like a snow cone ice. Yeah, yeah. So it ends up being like a, like a bourbon snow cone. It was a bourbon snow cone with mm-hmm. mint in it. I was, but at least I we was got not to, impressed. At least we got to run the Kentucky Derby. Yes, that's nice. I don't care if any fans or not. At least it's. Something slowly Woo-hoo. getting back to normal is nice. Yes. And the wedding was nice. It was a hillbilly wedding. They got to put together their bell, thank God. That was hilarious, wasn't it? <laughs> they did a unity bell where they had to use tools and put it together, and it took two sets of hands to do this. And it was all the whole audience could do to keep from busting up laughing. Well, because the groom had told, I mean, this is a small wedding. This dude's like 50 years old. So... Is a small group of four or five guys that were sort of his friends. And I was one of those. Well, the night before the wedding, as everybody's kind of just drinking bourbon and hanging out, he starts telling everybody the story of this, like, so we're going to have a bell tomorrow. And so, of course, three or four guys just unmercilessly just like what a bell what the hell are you talking about and gets him to slowly he's like well we need a wrench and a screwdriver and uh and all of it he's like and then of course everybody's like what are you talking about jackass he's like we're gonna put this bell together he's like you mean now he's like no during a wedding ceremony yeah. <laughs> and nobody could understand what the hell he was talking about, really? Well, yeah, because but that is exactly they were what a bunch they of drag, drunk jackasses. Was why they couldn't. <laughs> I guess we couldn't believe. It. Like, why? That was like, why would you possibly make things any more complicated in a ceremony? But that by hell is exactly what they did. They got a bell out of a box that was in pieces. And, he, and the other thing he was stressed about was he had like five minutes to put this together because uh-huh. it, pl- it would put it together during that song. Yeah. <laughs> so he, <laughs> I, th- me, I would have practiced if I had been. <laughs> I would have cheated. We would have never done this. It would have already, at a minimum, it would have already been put together, and maybe we'd pretend like we were screwing Piping something some in. Something. Yeah. But uh, anyway. 
Our cr- we didn't do anything like that. We didn't do candles, unity sand, nothing unity that can bells, go wrong, anything like that. It was like, nope, this is going to be simple. <laughs> exactly. And I still love that the uh, the guy that married us was the <laughs> the soul Mayberry. What was he? He's the, the justice of the peace and the coroner. That's right, <laughs> justice of the peace and the coroner. And as a coroner, he also owned a local funeral home, so isn't that convenient? Yeah. So, so we yeah. could marry him and bury him. Marry him and bury him. <laughs> till death do you part. You guys are going to be together until I see you again in a box putting you in the ground. I like that. I like that a lot about our, our wedding. I did like that. That was pretty fun. So, yeah, hillbilly weddings can be good. There's always some bourbon moonshine yes. shenanigans. It's just part of that. We had apple pie moonshine at our wedding. <laughs> yes, I brought uh, brought them some apple pie moonshine as well. And my 89-year-old dad still makes. Woohoo! Uh, what else is going on? How about a little Netflix yeah. thing? This is a little story I picked up this week that I thought was kind of interesting. How about a little business news for us? Yes, you're always into that. Yeah. Apparently, in 2000, which seems like a million years ago. Can you believe it's 20 and years 20 ago? 20 years ago. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Um, that's when Blockbuster was at its height, apparently. And uh, this, the CEO or whoever owned Netflix at the time tried to sell Netflix to Blockbuster and had a meeting with them. And, and the offer was basically $50 million. They wanted Blockbuster to buy Netflix for $50 million. Yeah. Isn't that insane how things yeah. work like that? Now they have shows worth $50 million. Now, today, Netflix... Has a market cap. They don't say exactly what's worth exactly, but whatever. A market cap of two hundred and twenty-three billion dollars. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, Blockbuster could have just snagged that up for basically nothing. peanuts to nothing. them. Fifty yeah. million to them in two thousand would have been nothing, and they'd have had Blockbuster. I mean, and you know, I can remember when Netflix first started happening and you ordered the CDs online and they were mailed to you. And it was so much more convenient than Blockbuster. The guy, most of us went immediately from Blockbuster to like, because I think about all the late fees and shit you paid Blockbuster. Like it was, fuck you, Blockbuster. I'm going with Netflix. Well, and they mentioned this in the article, and this was another good strategic thing by Netflix. Um, that was before the Internet had evolved enough to be able to really do video by Internet. Yeah. Or at least effectively to have a show. Yeah. And this Netflix dude recognized that. And when his whole strategy the whole time was to do this mail-in thing until and while they were developing the the streaming because he knew the internet sooner or later was going that was going to happen yeah so that was his whole strategy was just hold on do this mail-in bullshit for now to buy us enough time to develop the streaming service and by hell that's exactly what, that's he what did. they did they were the first ones to do that that's oh golly in our lifetime and in anybody's Stuff lifetime there's change there's yes and there's so much opportunity out there. There always yeah. is. You just don't see it until somebody does it. And you're like, oh, yeah, why didn't I see that or do that yeah. or whatever? It's always there. It yeah. just is. 
It's amazing. It is absolutely. So it's good stuff. Who knows what mind-boggling the next, how much is. Who knows what the next thing changed. is? But, but I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. By the way, there's still one blockbuster left. By the way. <laughs> is it a bed and breakfast or something crazy it, like that? It, it is. Look at you. That's right. The world's last remaining blockbuster is in Bend, Oregon. <laughs> yeah. It uh, has been turning into a gimmick on Airbnb. You know, that's that works. I guess. Yeah. You can watch movies. A hey, bunch yeah. of old movies, I imagine. You can have slumber parties in the store. That's it. Well, not reservations. <laughs> so, isn't that weird that that's nostalgic now? It is. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but it was. How about, we'll do a little bit of this one. I think you'll like this. Somebody finally did a study, thank God. Oh. It's being published in the Journal of Sex Research. Oh, shit. <laughs> There's actually a journal of sex research. That's funny. First of all, that's awesome. That's awesome. And uh, the University of Kansas contributed what we're about to talk about here. All right. What did they find out? It's basically the woman move that is the most effective than all others in conveying a flirtatious facial cue towards men. Is it a wink? No, you know, they should put that on there. That's not bad either. I don't know if that was one of their... Well, what is it? What's the woman's move that is the most effective flirt? Yes, that's a way to put it. Because I was going to say, there's still us guys that don't fucking get it because we're just stupid. One way or another. Yeah. (laughs) We just don't under, you know, we're like, what? What's she looking like that for? (laughs) I figured out a long time ago, if you were interested in a guy, just really hit on him hard. Grow up and say so. <laughs> you, you have to. You're exactly you, you right. Just like, like. That's what hey, you I did. Think you're cute. That's what you did. I know you like me from start to nice and being whatever. All right, you ready for the move? Yes. What's the move? All right. This is when women. Are you gonna, you gotta do this. Mm-hmm. Turn your head to one side while tilting down slightly. Slight smile and your eyes facing your romantic interest. Okay. In other words, picture in there. There. So you're doing sideways. Yes. It's actually four, and they bring this up. It's kind of a combination of four things, so it's a little complicated. But, hmm. yeah, tilting your head down slightly. So when you move your head, side. men think you're horny. Yes. Because <laughs> that's naturally exactly what's happening. We know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, tilting your head, tilting your head sideways a little bit, then down, smile, make eye contact. Okay. The picture makes a little more sense, but anyway. It does, but it seems like it's a, it would be an easy way, easy move to mistakenly give a guy. That one you think? Yeah. Well, you better not, because that's the one that apparently. uh, Men take as flirting. Yeah, we apparently register that as ding, 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 ding. <laughs> so there you go. And it, this does have a lot. This whole article has a lot of stuff about, like you said, like also men can misread cues. We overestimate and people are flirting. Evolutionarily, quote, as it serves their sexual strategies, it's better to pursue and be wrong than to miss an opportunity. In quotes. So we're wrong a lot. 
Oops. Oops. <laughs> so that's how it works. And then there's the old, in some cases, um, automatically assuming intent. You think We think you're smiling at us, and then you might not even be smiling at us. Maybe something behind us. Or maybe you're just smiling. That doesn't mean you want to jump our bones. We don't know. No, you guys really don't. We have monkey brains. And you we you do really, the best we can. yeah. <laughs> well, that's the move. And, and some and and some guys are, you know, they'll they'll take a swing, and if it's not working, they back off real quick. And then some guys just will keep going and going and going. Well, they'll I, misread a cue or something like that. Well, and that's the how many con how many misunderstandings and conflict in the world is just miscommunication. It and is. This just goes right to it. It is. And yeah, and I mean, obviously, we've all been wrong about this stuff one way or another. But if somebody you think is giving you the look and you start talking to them, you're like, uh, I've made a terrible mistake. You just move the fuck on. Exactly. There's no big deal. Exactly. Right? That's, Everybody's that's made mistakes. That's exactly right. Yes. I mean, that's, that's all. Yeah. I've made a terrible mistake. I've made a terrible Yikes. mistake. Yes. So I thought that one might be an interesting, interesting story for you. I'll have to try to practice that look for you. You've given me that look. It's nice. Yeah. That's a that is the look that little picture. I wish I could. It's a it's the I like you look. It's the I like you look. Yeah, it, it works well. Um, how about this phone I tell I was telling you about? That's pretty cool. Speaking of uh, Netflix kind of business stuff and ideas that are right in front of you, and why didn't I think of that kind of mm-hmm. bullshit? Mm-hmm. This is a really good damn idea. Somebody, it's a brilliant idea. It is a brilliant idea. Somebody has actually made a phone. And that's the thing about this was the phone's already been invented. So it's not even like this guy's like inventing some new technology. No. He's actually using kind of retro technology and he's going to sell this. He will make billions on this. Yes. This is a phone that's about the size of a credit card, a little bit bigger, and it only does three damn things. And what are those things? It makes a voice phone call. You can send text messages. And it has a, a, a um, clock. And you can set alarms on the clock. That's brilliant. That That's is almost genius. All <laughs> it's all, it's amazing. What an idea that is. There's no, obviously no apps. There's none of that BS. You make a phone call, you text, or you look at your damn clock. Yeah. That's it. Dang. That is a wonderful idea. 350 bucks. I'm ready to buy one right now. Well, we, we're up for a new phone pretty soon. And I heard through the grapevine that they're like iPhone 11 or 12 is coming out. The light phone is what it's called. A light phone. The light phone. Yep. Well, it's phone light. It really is. Because everything on the phone is an app anymore. It's aggravating. Yeah. I don't like it. Well, and not just, I think, because I'm 50 and an old man. But I do think there is a bit of a, even with some young friends, uh, there is a bit of a fascination for this retro technology. Yeah. Because at this point, when we were young, retro technology was (laughs) a rocking chair. (laughs) 
Yeah. Or yeah. some sort of an old radio. I mean, retro technology now, like we just talked about, the year 2000 was 20 years ago. You get retro technology, that's easy video game consoles. Yeah. And there's a lot of young people that are kind of interested in like like we would be Old like, like ar- a, arcade games. I guess an antique. Yeah. We really used to play this Atari 2600 back in 1982. Like, yes, we did. And we freaking loved it. <laughs> <laughs> My cat came back. Your cat came back. <laughs> she looked like roadkill on the floor there for a minute. Now she's back. She's going to be back to get her belly rub, belly rub, belly and to rub. And get your warm stuff there. <laughs> oh, we got to break. Tell everybody where they can find us. They can find us at hillbillynerddog.com. And from there, they can follow us on Reddit and Pinterest and Twitter. Twitter. I'm trying to use Twitter. My Twitter has slowed down on my computer so bad. And this is the odd thing. It's only that website. I can go to any other website and everything works just fine. But when I try to get on Twitter from this Mac desktop, Uh it is like it's running through molasses. Well, how old is your desktop? It's, you know the deal. I don't like to update it because shit quits working. I know. I don't care what they tell you. It's bullshit. (laughs) I got the old man griping. It's bullshit. That's what it is. I got the old man griping. Let me tell you this one little bullshit thing. Mm -hmm. If the last time I updated this, I bought, when we bought this Mac, this is probably the last, I unwittingly probably bought the last version that they're ever going to sell like this uh-huh. of Windows, not Windows, Word, Excel, PowerPoint. I think that's the Windows Office Suite. That's it. Yes. The Windows Office Suite on a disc, on an actual disc. Yes. Where you actually own the hardware, Where you the actually software. own the software. Yes. And so the last time I updated this thing, it tried to quit working. It tried to, like when I opened those, then Mm -hmm. it took me to somewhere else to say, oh, if you want to use this, it's so much a month. And here's how you sign up for it. I'm like, fuck you. I own the disc, damn it. Yeah. So I ended up like doing a, uh, on Max, you can do a uh, uh, time machine. Yes, that's it. It starts a timetable. Time machine. And back up before, you know, to make it work again like you didn't. Anyway, point is, shit's going to quit working. I know. And, that and is you're just bullshit. like, I'm never going to get another computer. And this this computer on his desk is at least five or six years old. I know. it. So. but And when it quits oh. working, it's going to quit completely and utterly. And I make a point every two years to go get a new one so that. So that our QuickBooks doesn't quit working. So that it's always up to date. Well, I don't know the golden time there of every two years, every five years. But up until, like I said, it's odd that just Twitter, of all things, Mm -hmm. that's the only thing that's just recently slowed down. So I don't even know. Maybe it's the Twitter website. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why it would. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I'm holding on to my Mac as long as I can because I love this thing. It's like driving a Starship Enterprise. I've said it a million times. It this is. thing is badass. It is. It's marvelous. And it's awesome. But so. it's, it's going to quit one of these days and no. you're going to be like, ah. That's why I got backup. Yeah. I can always just put it right back on there. Your R on there looks really funny on the. Arg. <laughs> it does. It looks like a Tyrannosaurus Rex growled. It does. <laughs> so we are about off 
here for tonight. I can't think of anything else. Fall's coming up. It's wonderful. We're trying to survive COVID like everybody else. Doing well. It's doing, we're coming out of it. It's nice to see some. I hope so. It's nice to see some things getting I hope, back to I normal. I hope cold weather doesn't bring it back on full force on us. You know, one article I had up here that I did not uh, do, but I can just tell you the gist of it. But going through the whole article, there's one continent in the world that has no COVID. You know Antarctica. That? Antarctica. There's no COVID in Antarctica. There's apparently about a thousand people live there. Can you imagine? I think they live on those scientific yeah. posts. Yeah. Hell, yeah. nobody's living there because they want to live there. No. But, um, yeah. They but, just but like anyway. penguins a awful lot. <laughs> They're going to the furry convention with that. <laughs> with the penguin. With the Arizona dude. But, um, yeah, anyway, it's nice to, to get through some of this COVID and oh, things get kind of back to normal slowly, surely. You'll get to see Dune. That'll get you out. <laughs> In December. <laughs> That'd be about right for you. You know, honestly, these matinees that we go to, how many people are ever? Yeah, there's not usually too many people there. Probably five or six tops on like a Sunday. It hasn't been open. I mean, I, I don't think our local movie theater is open right now. I don't know if they've reopened yet or not. But I'm just saying, even before all this, it was basically COVID friendly because we're the only ones to go yeah. to a Sunday one o'clock matinee. It'd be like two other people in there. <laughs> yeah, and 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 then of course even then just because you just want to get away from there, everybody goes different corners yes. of the theater anyway. Yes. So yeah, that's just movie etiquette. You're not. We're not animals. Well, we're not going to sit right next to somebody. You, know you don't what? have to. That does happen sometimes, though. Like if well, you're the first in there and yeah. you sit in the middle. I've, I don't. How many times have we had seen somebody sit right behind us and start chowing down on popcorn? Mm, once in a while. I hate that. There are some if animals. If you do that, you're an asshole. They don't mention that in hillbilly elegy, but that is a damn problem with this area. <laughs> People get up in your business too much. Yes. That is part of the problem. Well, all right, everybody. Have a great couple of weeks, and we'll talk to you next time.